0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church, and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. The first time I came to Australia was actually 1995, that's 22 years ago, if I think it's right. And... um, I wasn't travelling with Andy, I was travelling with a friend from the church that we had just planted uh, a year earlier, and we came to Australia the first time and um, got into Adelaide because we'd come for a conference, and the conference was happening out in Hondorf, and if I can remember right, that's kind of through the hills, and we were assigned a driver to drive us to the conference, which was really great, we are being hosted well. And we got into the car, and there were a lot of people, so I understand, and 22 years ago, the cars can't, weren't as great as they are today. But um, this was a, a fairly small car, but it was a manual. Now, um, I know that a lot of you drive automatics or autos, how do you say it here in Australia? Um, but we have a lot of manuals inside Africa, so we're very familiar with that. But the guy that was assigned to us to drive us was Taiwanese, all right, and he had come from Taiwan to help serve in the local church to host this conference, and he was assigned as a driver and It became quickly apparent to me that there um, are not many hills in Taipei, and Taipei as a city is very different to adelaide and and so also, I'm not sure he was very uh, um, confident in driving a stick shift or a manual, but off we went in this kind of smallish car that was manual, and, and we started to drive. And at the beginning, it wasn't too bad, but when, when we got into the hills, um, it became quite difficult. And uh, this is a, a traumatic experience, which I've never forgot, um, <laughs> as he would, you know, battle up the hill, and then we would kind of shoot down the hill, and, and of course, I would be wanting to change gears for him, but he just kind of, mm, 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 mm. and I'm going, it's about time, it's about time, like, and he would, and then he'd go, mm, mm and then he decided okay change gear so then he he went from fourth into third but it was too late and then he would go to second but it was too late too yeah and then we'd get to first but it now battling And, and by that time we were going backwards I kid you not I kid you not I kid you not and the people behind they were on their what do you call it here? Gotta be careful, horns. Is that right? Because uh, we say something different in South Africa, but that may have a very different connotation. So they were they were loudly on their horns and uh, and it, it was like I was like, oh no, dude. And then you would get it into first and off we would go and we'd get over the hill and we'd go down the next one. And I kid you not, this went on three, four, five. I was desperate. I, I wanted to say to him, listen, mate, get over. Let me just do it. But I wanted to honour him. And uh, and I learned a lot <laughs> through that very traumatic experience. And you know what? God has reminded me of that uh, journey uh, throughout my life since then. And I've learned a lot from that. And, and some of the things I thought that, I would just share with you this morning because I've realised that there are many gear changes in our life and there is very important to remember that when there's a gear change, that there's a couple of things, many things, but just this morning, I thought we would look at three things, there's at least three things that we've got to get right and that's timing. We have to get the action right and we've got to overcome opposition. And there was a time in Jesus' life, and I want to have a look at that as we, we see the importance of a gear change. But you may be here this morning, and um, you're in a certain place, and you're wondering why you haven't got to another place. And you're on a journey, and it's not so much what you're doing, but it's when you're doing it that can make all the difference. You know what, sometimes I, I, as a pastor, people come and ask for advice and wisdom and they say, saying, you know, and they, for largely, I think we get, most of us get what to do right or, you know, what to do as a wise thing to do. But I think a lot of times we get the timing wrong. And if there's one thing that the enemy can do is if he can get us to do the right thing at the wrong time, it still doesn't end up the wise thing to do. You see, the Proverbs says, there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end leads to death. So it's kind of, I don't want to get to do the right thing. I want to get to do the wise thing. And the best question we could ever ask ourselves is, in the light of my past experiences, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And you see, we've got to seek wisdom because wisdom is a person and his name is Jesus. And so it's not so much do I get it right or wrong, we have to find wisdom. And when we find Jesus, we can see an example and he will help us with the way to go through A gear change. Because life is a series of gear changes. What I've found is that actually life is not a life full of automatic gears. And I think that we love to drive automatic, especially at my age now I've got to that stage where I don't want, you know, uh, manual anymore. It's much easier just to sit in the traffic and automatic. But we bring that into our spiritual walk, don't we? And we think that we could just cruise through... Life thinking that automatically things will just change. There are no automatic gears in the kingdom. There are strategic, intentional, important moments that we have to discern and in that moment take steps of faith intentionally to overcome the opposition to go from here to there. No matter where that may be, and that may be in a few places, even just going from here to there, but it may be going from ordinary to extraordinary. We're not born for ordinary, we're born for extraordinary. But we've got to go through the gear change. We've we got to go from death to life. We've we got to go from defeat to victory. We got to go from sorrow to joy. We got to go from mourning to dancing. We got to go from empty to full. We got to go from maybe unemployed to employed. Or could I say, maybe in this nation, but in my nation, it's certainly that. But we got to go from a a job to a good job. All right? Um, We got to go from reversing, (laughs) and maybe you feel like you're in that stuck in that place or that you're losing ground and we've got to gain ground. We've got to go from stuck to unstuck. And I think that what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say this morning, and even if you're not a follower of Christ, even if you are feeling far from God this morning, I believe that this message could be helpful to you. I believe for us Christ followers. We can step into this with God timing and and faith that comes from Him and overcoming the opposition. But just as a message, I believe this would be helpful to you, is to understand that life is a series of intentional gear changing that would bring us from where we are to where we need to be. And I've been praying and asking that God would do supernaturally what we can't do naturally this morning. That because of His Word, there would be an activation of faith in our hearts that we'd respond. And even I believe as a church, as Victory, you are in this incredible moment of gear change. And that's not just like, wow, no, this is the series as you go from here to there. I don't think there is, it's just a a normal timing of Tony and Kath being on holiday and what's going to come. I want to say, church, be expectant of what's to come because of what's been done, all right? So, um, Father, I'm asking this morning that you would come with your grace and and bring clarity to us this morning. And for those of us that may find ourselves in a place where we're in the middle of a gear change, maybe um, we are even reversing in our lives we're losing ground, we have made a series of decisions and choices, which have maybe even taken us off the road, but that supernaturally this morning, you'd bring us back so that faith would rise in our hearts and that we would step into all that you have for us, even for us individually, but for us as a church, in Jesus' name, amen. gear change is to really start doing something in a different way. It is not doing something different, but doing something in a different way. There's a big difference. I'm not asking us to go and do something different. I'm saying, let's keep doing the something, but do it in a different way. And so into your life, wherever you may find yourself, in a business, in your boardroom, wherever it is, as a product manager or as a teacher or wherever it is, I believe that God wants to come into your ordinary and help you make a gear change to your extraordinary You see, uh, we're going to see how God comes into the ordinary things of life, into fishermen's life, and takes their ordinary life and put it into an, an extraordinary way. And so I want us to see that God wants to come into our ordinary and make it extraordinary. God wants to come into our natural and make it supernatural. And so it doesn't matter whether we sit in a big boardroom or in a classroom or in a product launch or whatever. Some people may be here this morning and you're thinking, um, my boss has forgotten about me. We are the best kept secret as a company or a product. I believe that supernaturally things can gear change because of an extraordinary God coming into our ordinary and supernaturally we make a gear change. And so it's not doing something different. It's doing something in a different way. And uh, we're going to see this because Jesus, as he started his ministry at around 30 years of age, and um, he chose some disciples, and there was this uh, timing and process that is not always apparent because when we read the four gospels, which records Jesus' ministry while he was here on earth, they kind of, uh, sometimes they, well, for me, it's difficult to find a chronological timeline of Jesus. But recently, we've been doing that, and I've been trying to put the gospel, the, the, the time of Jesus, in a kind of chronological order. And what I found is that um, there was this time and season in Jesus' life. Early on in his ministry, he went up to the Passover, and I could say it was his first Passover as... Um, Coming into ministry, that's after he was baptized by John. So from his baptism by John, uh, he goes up to the Passover, which is to Jerusalem, and we uh, remember that story because he goes and gets to the temple, and here are all the you know the kind of traders, and they're trading in the Gentiles courtyard. Now, the Gentiles' courtyard was this kind of massive courtyard where the Gentiles could come and observe. If they were seeking God, they would come to look at how the Jews would worship God. And, and so it was built that way because there were Gentiles who wanted to find God. They, they saw this nation of Israel and they wanted to be like that and they wanted to worship their God. And so what they did is they made this big courtyard where the Gentiles, because they couldn't go further in, only the Jews could. But what had happened was is that the religious leaders of the day saw it as an opportunity to make some money. So they pushed the Gentiles out and they made a market. Because if you came to the temple, what you had to do is you'd, you'd have to bring a sacrifice. And, and, and you had to buy it in a certain currency. And because Jews came from all around the world at that time, they came with different currencies. And so they made that into a business. Uh, and, and so they had to go to Bureau to Change. And they had to make their changes. And of course that cost them money and then they had to buy an animal and they had to buy these things. And so there was a lot of business going on. And Jesus comes into that into that courtyard, and he makes whoops, and he he's, he's he's angry, and he kicks the tables over, and he whips them, and he says, "Get out! How can you turn my father's house into like a den of thieves?" what he was doing was that what they had done was they were they were stopping those far from God coming in to experience and encounter Jesus. And I know that's not this church. This is what I love about this church is how you look after those who are far from God. And, and if you're here and feel far from God, you come to the right place because you can encounter God right here. And that's, we've got to make it easy for people to turn to God. Yes. And so Jesus has gone in, He's cleared out the temple, He's caused a massive disturbance. He's kind of saying, I'm here. Yeah. He did come later on and He did the same thing and He said, I'm back. Okay, but you can read that story. He was the first one that did that, but... so he did, he cleansed the temple, beginning and end of his ministry. But here it is. And so he, he goes from that. And then the Bible says, as he tells the story, that as the gospel writers tell the story, it says that he stayed in Judea for a time, and he goes down to the Jordan, and his disciples, they are baptizing with John, and there's a little bit of opposition. And, and then um, he goes way, he goes on his way back and he goes through Samaria and he meets the woman at the well. If you've been in church for some time, you would know that story. And he meets the woman at the well. And then he goes back to Galilee, which is around the lake. It's kind of in the northern parts of Israel. And if you just read the Gospels, you can kind of miss something. But when you look at it chronologically in time space, there is about a 9 to 12 month gap. There's like a quiet gap. And in fact, you would see that as the story starts again, Peter and John, who were fishermen, who had begun to follow Jesus some nine to 12 months before that, have kind of gone back to work because they're fishing again. And there is this space and there is this time. Uh, and I want to pick up on that in that because in, in Matthew, um, in chapter four, it just says, it's not going to come up on the screen. Just, it just says, from that time, say that time. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you that Jesus understood that he waited and there's times, because a friend of mine said this, he says, you're waiting for God? Chances are God's waiting for you. Wow. And there are intentional times of waiting and God, Jesus knew that he had to begin to preach the kingdom, but he waited for that time. And then the gear change in something that's going to come, we have to know it's that time. Yeah, we often know what? but do we know when? And we've got to wait for that time. See, the gospel writer said on that time, Jesus did it. And timing is so essential. And you learn timing. It's, it's, if you're a sports uh, fan and a lover and cricket, and uh, we have beaten Australia for recently, haven't we? But anyway, we won't talk about that. Uh, we, we both got knocked out of the, the ICCC thing, so let's just both... Uh, commiserate with each other, all right? But we know what it's like in cricket that when the timing is there, the ball travels fast and to where it should be. When the timing is lost, we go out of form. And there is this timing. And we need to be a people of that time. We need to be a people of that time. I think the enemy gets us to do the right thing at the wrong time so many times. And I believe that we need to be learning and waiting and waiting and waiting and, waiting and going, okay, it's that time. Boom. I've heard, and this is what I've seen, is that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for semaphore. And you you've thought, you thought, but it's now that time. And we went down there and I'm going like, Tony, why did you bring us down here before? I've been to there, I've been to there, I've been to Adelaide, I don't know, maybe 20 times, but I've never been there. And I'm going like, it's that time. It's that time. It's that time. There's a gear change. It's that time. Ecclesiastes says, to everything there is a season, a time and a purpose. And we've got to, you know, if you're struggling with knowing your time, first learn to discern the season. It's not that difficult. Come on. I mean, what's the season we're in now? <laughs> Okay, we're in winter, all right? It's cold. What is the season? And, and we need to know the season of our lives. And if you don't know their seasons, wake up. Get out of hibernation. How do we know what the season is? Well, when you come to church, you hear what the season is. And Tony says, man, the presence of God, and there is just the, the Holy Spirit is here, and there is an amazing anointing that's coming, and you're going to see it now. He's wow, okay, there is a season. What is the season? And if I can start to discern the season, I can discern the time. No one plants in winter. You plant at certain times, but you've got to know the season. All right? So just helpful. Your business. What is the season? Number two, and just in that is just that it takes grace to change. So first, we, we see Jesus knowing at that time, but then... Straight after us, in this time, he goes up into the synagogue, they give him a scroll, he takes the scroll, he opens it, and and he reads from the prophet Isaiah, and then he says, This the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You see, for a gear change to take place, we need the spirit of the Lord upon us. We need the supernatural into our natural. Remember, Jesus came fully God, fully man, but he showed us how to live as man. So he needed and wanted and desired the supernatural power. And he says, the Spirit of God is upon me. In changing gears, not only do we need to discern the time, we need to have the Spirit of God upon us. And that's why I say, if if there is a, a, together with the saints, together with the leadership, uh, saying the Spirit of God is upon us, victory, there's a gear change. And straight out of that, as he preaches, well, of course, that made the people mad. So when he finishes out of this time and he gets out of church that day, they are mad as snakes with him. And so they take him and they want to throw him over the cliff because he's in his hometown called Nazareth. Now, Andy and I have had the privilege of being there and it's right up on a hill and you could get seriously hurt, probably killed if they throw you over. And so in that moment, God protects him and he comes out of that and he realizes that For the gear change to take place, he has to change place. Because there is this little scripture that says, and Jesus moved from Nazareth to Capernaum. And friends, there are times that you have to change place. You have to move place. Because the place you're in has no faith. Because it says there, he said he realised that that the, the people didn't have faith. And you see, for us to change, we need the timing of God, but we need faith, but we have to overcome opposition. Because every time we want to change gear to go from the ordinary to the extraordinary, when we want to go from natural to supernatural, we may get the timing right, where we have to have faith and we've got to overcome the opposition. And there was opposition against Jesus, but what did He do? He moved place. I don't know where you may be, and I've got to say this respectfully, and I'm saying do not make any major change without being accountable. But I believe that there are just some small changes, some more place changes. Maybe you're in a relationship that God's saying "It's, it's time for a gear change. You need to move out of that. Stop it. Change. Get out of that. Maybe there's a company. Maybe there's a place. Maybe there's a physical place. Maybe you're in a certain place. It's far away. And, and it's hindering you from making the gear change that Jesus wants you to make. And sometimes what we do is we, 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 we make the church peripheral to our world. We make Jesus and the ministry peripheral to our world. Instead of saying, this is church ministry, God you've called me, it's now center and I make All of that peripheral. So I move to the centre. I move closer. And maybe there's, I'm not sure. I didn't intend to say this, but again, be accountable. But I feel like there's some people that are far away physically, but need to move closer because God wants you to make a gear change so that you can enter into the supernatural. Maybe it's moving from here to semaphore. And it's going, you know what, I've got to make a gear change, but sometimes the gear change only happens when I move physically, all right? So let's have a look at that. How am I doing time-wise? I've got to, okay, let's go. Oh, man, Jesus, help me. Let's have a look at a time, because that's Jesus, and I know that sometimes you think, oh, yeah, but Jesus was perfect, he was but he showed us the way to live. But now let's look at how he deals with this with his disciples. And that's kind of for you and me uh, as we are followers of Jesus, kind of like I want to draw from that this morning and we see how he does that. So right after this, after Jesus had moved to Capernaum, there's this been this space, but he has gone through the gear change. He has gone from there to there. He's made a physical change. He's been through that. And what happens is oftentimes, and you may be a connect group leader, I want to tell you, if you're not going through a gear change, don't expect your people to go through a gear change. As you go through a gear change, others will go through gear changes. God often takes you through it so that you can take others through it. All right? And so um, what happens is, Jesus has gone through the gear change, and now look what happens is that he takes his disciples through the gear change. And uh, trust this will come up on the screen. And it says this one day Jesus was teaching God's word. If you want to understand and know the gear changes that are ahead, please be reading and learning from God's word. Get the revelation of God. And he was by the Sea of Galilee, also known as Lake Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him. I love the fact that, you know, there's the front row, but let the crowd press in. Don't let your distance. In fact, I think there's some that are comfortable in the distance, that in the crowd that God wants you to come forward. I know for me, I was always one that wanted to sit back, But I had to go through a gear change and come sit forward. It's it's not that there is anything different. God's spirit is here as it is there. But sometimes I need to move there as an act of faith. All right? And and press in. And says, There were two boats that sat near the water's edge that had been left there by the fishermen. And Peter and his brother Andrew were washing their nets in the sea. So I've got to ask the question, why were they back at work if they started following Jesus a few months beforehand? And there are times where you just think, well, I think that maybe the, these disciples thought, well, nothing's happening. Uh, it was all exciting. We get saved and we follow Jesus and it's like well, three months, four months. You, glory, hallelujah. We are the best. We're at the prayer meeting at Connect Group. we hear here three times on a Sunday and we find life and then life gets boring and we think what's happening and then we sort of go back and it's like uh, uh, guys I believe there's a gear change for many of us this morning it may be in three months it may be three years it may be 30 years that you have stepped back you're reversing you're like grinding gears yeah. and Jesus what was that? Oh, there we go. All right. Go. And he asked him to row out a little bit from the shore. He sat down and he taught the people. And when he finished, he said to Peter, okay, Pete, row out into the deep water. And he's about to tell them to let down their nets for the catch. And, and God's invitation often seems like an interruption. And you may be going, Craig, you're just interrupting my life right now. And I'm going, I don't want to interrupt your life. I want Jesus to interrupt your life. And God's invitation often comes as an interruption to your life. But I believe it's a good interruption, especially if you're going backwards, because God wants to interrupt you. He wants to take you from normal to something supernatural. I want to ask you maybe, what is what do you have that God wants to use? He doesn't just come and use you like a, a, a toy, but He wants to come and work through you, your time, your talents, your treasures. He wants to bring you from ordinary to extraordinary. He wants to bring the supernatural into your life. That's why He came down to earth. What about, you know, just start serving, volunteering, getting involved. How about Jesus gets in your boat? you kind of like, you know, what? Jesus, what are you doing in my boat? Don't come into my lounge. This is my lounge, my TV, my car. You go, no, 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 no. How many of you are going, victory, use my house. Victory, use my car. Uh, Jesus, come and interrupt my life. Use my business. Uh, Jesus, use my gift, my gift. Pick me, pick me. Come on, you see. If we would just start to open up and say, "It's time. It's that time. It's that time. It's that time," and so he said to them, "Let down your nets for a catch." Now, in that time, or in that in that uh, in that area, as fishermen, you fished at night. That was the best time to go fishing. You don't fish during the day, and. And, and so they were cleaning the nets because they had fished hard all night and caught nothing. But now Jesus is telling them, go out in the day. We say "dorf." what do you say? But, you know, it's kind of like, Jesus, you stupid, loco, loco, or however. <laughs> because you're going, this is not the convenient time. Jesus, yeah. don't you know, you don't go fishing in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, this is where faith comes in. Because when you know the season and you've discerned the time, most times it's inconvenient, stupid, and ridiculous what Jesus tells you to do. But what I love is, fortunately, they had repaired their nets because they are about to get a catch. If they hadn't repaired their nets, it would have all been for nothing. But it says, Master, we've heard God all night, didn't catch anything. But because you say so. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So if we're in the midst of this and, and God is interrupting us and He says, I tell you what, get a word from God because when you've got that, you can do it. Don't do it because I say it. Don't do it because Tony says it. Do it because God has said, and I act that in faith on God's Word. Because you said, Lord, I'll do it. And so what happens is... Um, We'll let down the nets. And they did so and caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. You see, God's provision may be packaged in an impossibility. It was impossible for them, but entirely possible for God. What gear are you in that God wants to take you from impossible to possible? And it may be packaged very differently to what you think. And so they signaled to their partners, in James and John, and uh, they brought their boat to their fathers e- with, their fa- with their fathers' Zebedee preparing their nets. They filled both boats to the point that they began to sink. And Peter and his friends were amazed. I feel like there are men and women in this meeting this morning, and those that will be listening online, that you are in for a mighty catch. There are business people that are about for your boats to become full. You have been working hard all night. You've gone for years and there is nothing but in a gear change because of the Word of God and the faith that is stirred from this message, you're going to go to a sinking boat. You're going to have to call your friends and your neighbours to come and help you fill your boat. And Peter and his friends were amazed at such a great catch of fish. And I want to say, it's not of that. As you go to Semaphore, you're going to be amazed at such a great catch of people. Those far from God, and you've been working this thing and you've done well, but I want to tell you that there is ordinary to extraordinary coming. The impossibility is about to become possible because of your faith in going somewhere where others may not have gone. And it may think, It's just, why go there? It's during the day. People don't don't limit what God can do. And Peter says, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Leave me. Don't be afraid. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So Peter and Andrew pulled up their nets to the shore, left everything and followed him. And Jesus also called James and John. And they left their father and they went from this to that. They went from here to there. There was a supernatural gear change that took place. They were all out of fish and then they were all in fish. God wants to take us from all out to all in. And maybe we've just been a little bit all out of God and not sure and reversing. And God says, there is a moment, there is a time. It's this day, it's now. And by faith, the supernatural spirit of God will come rushing upon us. And we can go from here to there. And we're all out to all in. That is what God wants to do for you. Come on, let's stand together this morning. You know one of the greatest gear changes that anyone can make is going from being a sinner to a saint. From going from being an unbeliever to a believer. It's that gear change that will take you from all out to all in. And I don't know where many of you are, but I do know that God knows where you are. And I do know that today, it's not a chance that you're in this place. And you may have been working and mending your nets and doing life, but I believe that Jesus has walked into your life. And what He's done is He's captured you. He's caught your attention. And right now by the Spirit of God, He's saying it's that day, it's this day, it's time. It's time to surrender your life. It's time to go from all out to all in. It's time from fighting God to receiving Him. It's time from being far from God to receiving Him as your personal Saviour, as Lord as a, as a friend. And he wants to do that to us on this day. And he's done that all because actually, you know, religion, and this is what Jesus came to, to, to do because, you know, religion makes you work for things. Religion is like trying to climb a mountain. We have to work You go to look and study religions, you'll see that you have to do this and that and you have to be this and do that and you've all got to climb up. The Christianity or a relationship with this God is that God came down. And He came down to earth, God on earth, Jesus Christ. And He showed us how to live life. (laughs) Not only did He show us how to live life he died so that we could have true, abundant life. And He shed His blood as a sacrifice, as a payment for the reason why we could not do life the way we could, we should because of our sin and our rebellion against God. And so His blood that washes us from all our sin and our iniquities and our past, but it's His resurrection. It's because Jesus rose again as we were singing He's risen from the dead. That gives us the faith to be able to know that we have life eternal, life abundant. Jesus said this. He said, "I've come to give life, and life abundantly." Maybe you've been striving and looking. Say, "How do I live this life?" Never known how. I want to tell you, friends. A gear change is this. It's today's the day of salvation. And you only get saved by faith. It takes an action that says here, you've got to respond. You've got to put your faith in Christ. You've got to make a decision. You've got to do something. And you've got to have to overcome the opposition. And there's major opposition maybe saying, don't do this. There's people looking here. What is this? And I want to tell you, when you prepare to go from here to there, you put your faith in the God that went from there to here. Because we couldn't go from here to there. He came from there to here. So that we could go from here to there. Let's just bow our heads. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.